This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Thank you. It only takes a couple of seconds. You're doing good and we're getting there. 191 time, biggest mule deer in the world, cowboy. 190 where? One time, but again, 90, 90, 90, To know his voice. A distinctive, melancholy western drawl, an almost trademarked foot stomp, and typically a matching vest and bow tie. These three things have literally raised millions of dollars for wildlife conservation around the country. But what you didn't know, that beyond his voice, he's been a champion for wildlife conservation. A champion for wildlife conservation in the state of Utah, even when it brought attention to him from the anti-hunter establishment. You see, for John, his philosophy is simple. We have wildlife because we hunt wildlife. You want my hat down, you want it tipped back, just wherever I wear it. What was that? Money. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Money. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's comfortable to you, John. Okay. Does that feel good? Sure. You feel ready? Probably as ready as I'm going to feel, so. All right, perfect. 
so you are a champion for hunting, and you can look at me when I'm, when I'm talking to you. So that you go. You know, you spent 20, 25 years as a champion for hunters and hunting. Um, why don't we start there as to the why you decided to be that champion? And remember, nobody can hear me talking, right? Nobody's going to hear my question. Okay. Kudra? Yep. So just start. Whenever you want. Start the why. Yep. You know, for the last 20, maybe a little more than 20 years, I've been involved in uh, here in Utah, what we call the public process of hunting, where people get involved and have a say in what goes on in the, in the hunting world, in the hunting industry, uh, how our wildlife's managed, and the things that go on around us. And I can honestly say that it has been... Uh, probably one of the greatest greatest things I've been involved in. It's involved my family, it's involved all of my best friends, all the people that mean the most to me in this world are traced back to my getting involved in hunting and wildlife management. And in the defense of hunting, I think that I, I am who I am today, that my family are who they are today because of, because of hunting and because of our involvement in, in uh, the active involvement in wildlife management, in the defense of hunting, in conservation, in helping bring new people into hunting, and just trying to make the hunting world better for everybody, for hunters and non-hunters alike. So go back to being a kid. You talked a little bit about your grandpa earlier, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so tell us about being raised in Utah. And I think I can probably capture the way that you can start this by saying, you didn't know anything about hunting, <laughs> right? Being raised in small town Utah, uh, you know, hunting has been in our blood for generations. I've never really known life without hunting. I was fortunate enough to grow up just down the street from my great-grandpa, and every Sunday afternoon after church and after dinner, him and my dad would get together in the front room of the, the house there where we lived, and they'd talk about everything from, you know, religion, politics, trucks, horses, you know, talk about the farm. But my favorite was always when it turned hunting. And of course, as a, as a kid, I, uh, I'd sit on the floor and, and listen to those conversations. And any chance I could ever have to ask Grandpa a question about hunting, boy, I did because I knew once I started talking hunting, then the stories were going to flow. And it, was, it got to be a lot of fun to listen to him and my dad tell stories from where they grew up back in Colorado. Uh, when they moved out here to Utah and just talk about all the things, outdoors and hunting that had really shaped their life. And listening to those stories and those conversations as a, as a young kid really kind of sparked a passion uh, that I feel like still burns today for hunting, for wildlife, 
and for family. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how, uh, how my life might be different if I wouldn't have listened to those hunting stories from my great-grandpa and my dad all those years ago. I remember as a, as a young kid thinking about how hunting was just a great opportunity to get out, uh, spend time in the woods, mostly with my dad, uh, you know, other family members as well, all of our friends, and how that was just a great way to spend time doing what we were all very passionate about together as a family. I think as time kind of moved on, I realized that hunting wasn't just something we did for fun, but it was actually a very important part of our life. Back in my great-grandpa's day, you know, hunting was how they fed the family. It wasn't just something they did for a week or two every fall, but it was a very important part of feeding the family. Not only that, it taught a incredible respect for wildlife for you know they were all in the livestock business and wildlife and livestock don't always coexist without some conflict and uh, grandpa would often talk about you know having to go down and run the deer out of the haystack he was forever talking about hunting predators around the livestock and i think that's one thing that really kind of caught me as a young kid i am just passionate about predator hunting, whether it's bears, lions, coyotes mostly, but just, and I feel like that has really been bred into me for, you know, a hundred years looking back down my, my uh, family tree. Kind of moving forward, I feel like that's something that has, has really stuck with me. And now as I'm a little older, and I have kids that I like to take hunting and friends that I've introduced to hunting and good friends that are just very passionate hunters as well. Hunting is not something that we do just during the season. Hunting is not just putting on your camouflage or your blaze orange every fall for a couple weeks. Hunting is something that we think about every day. Being a hunter is something that we are every day. It kind of, I'd say it influences how we run our businesses. It influences what kind of a father we are, what kind of a brother we are, what kind of a husband we are, what kind of a, a son we are, or a daughter. It breeds a respect for life. Uh, into us that I really don't think you can get any other way. Having been involved in this for 20-some years uh, on a much greater scale than just being a, a casual hunter, but in the politics and the conservation efforts, I've had a lot of chances to talk with people that just don't understand hunting, that don't feel like hunting is important. I made a comment in a very public meeting one time that we have wildlife because we hunt wildlife. And 
the more I think about that, the truer I, I believe that to be. Now, of course, they put that in the newspapers and ran wild with it, and they couldn't believe that, uh, that I would say that in a public meeting. And the anti-hunters had a lot of fun with that, but I'm here to tell you, it's truer today than it's ever been. We have wildlife because we hunt wildlife, and we hunt wildlife because we're hunters. I believe that's who God created us to be. I believe that is uh, and even the anti-hunters, they can look they can look at themselves and say they're not a hunter, but they cannot go back very far in their family tree. They cannot go back very many generations and not find somebody who is an avid hunter. Maybe out of necessity because that's how they fed their family. So every one of us has hunting in our blood, every single one of us. Now, whether we like to agree with that today or not, I'm here to tell you, every single one of us has hunting in our blood. It's who we are. It's who God created us to be. Now, of course, things change a little bit. As hunters, I feel like now it's more important than ever to be more than just a a hunter, more than just a weekend warrior that goes out, and whether you're hunting whitetails or turkeys or pheasants or coyotes like I love to do, we need to be involved in the conservation efforts. We need to do what it takes to not just preserve the animals, but to preserve the heritage and the traditions of hunting. Because every time we spend time fighting amongst ourselves over whether am I, whether I'm an archery hunter, whether I'm a rifle hunter, whether I'm a muzzleloader hunter, the important part of those phrases aren't the archery, the rifle, or the muzzleloader. The important part of that phrase is the hunter. If we're out in the, in the field enjoying whatever kind of hunting it is we like, the important thing to remember is that we're a hunter. With that comes great responsibility to show respect, not just for the animals that we're hunting, but for the traditions that we're carrying on from our great-grandfathers. I think all the time, would my great-grandpa, my grandpa, my dad, would they agree with how I'm doing this? Would they agree with my practices in the field? Would they feel like I am respecting the heritage and the tradition that they passed down to me? And would they feel like I'm doing a good job of passing that on to my son? I think that it's important that we remember as hunters, if we allow the infighting to take to, I think it's important that we remember that if we allow infighting, fighting amongst hunters, bickering, whether it's online, whether it's, you know, through podcasts, any, anything like this. If we allow that to have us take our eye off the ball, we are actually doing the work of the anti-hunters for them. They're winning. We are, anything they can do to divide us, they win. We're doing their work for them now. Of course we're going to disagree. If we all agree all the time, somebody's not doing their job. 
but we need to be civil amongst hunters. When we disagree about things, we need to disagree with respect. There's nothing that says we can't sit down and have a very passionate, a very uh, strong discussion about things that we disagree on and what direction we feel like hunting needs to go, what should be legal, what shouldn't be legal. You know, But we need to do that in a way that the anti-hunters can't use it against us. We need to make sure that as, as hunters, we pay proper respect to the traditions that have been handed down for a hundred years, 200 years. And, you know, we absolutely have to realize that it is our responsibility to keep hunting healthy, not just the wildlife populations, but hunting, the culture of hunting. We have to keep it healthy. We have to make sure that it's strong. We can't give those that want to do away with hunting ammunition. They have enough as it is. We need to make sure that we do everything we can to show the non-hunters in this world why hunting's important. You don't have to agree uh, on everything, but we need to do the best we can to show respect for hunting because others see that respect and it shows that it's important. And uh, if, if what we're doing is not important to us, it's not gonna be important to anybody else either. With predator hunting comes a perception tied with you know, however you want to couch it. But then I want you to take that and say, I want you to couch predator hunting in the reason why you do it. All right. I'll just say it to him and you can. Yeah, there you go. go. All right, okay. How you feeling, brother? Tell me how you feel. You know, I've been a predator hunter for pretty much my whole life. And I can say the one thing that really got me addicted to predator hunting was those Sunday afternoon conversations and hunting stories that my dad and my grandpa would have in our front room of our little house there in Manti, Utah. Growing up in the livestock industry, predators were always an issue. Now, I hunt predators today for a lot of different reasons, but back then, Dad and Grandpa hunted predators for one main reason, and that was because predators were a threat to the family business. Predators were a threat to the income. Predators were a threat to whether or not Grandpa was gonna have enough lambs in the spring to sell off to pay the bills. And uh, that has grown and grown and grown to be somewhat of a passion or even an obsession, my family would tell you, that uh, I have a real hard time thinking about anything other than predator hunting now. Is it fun? Oh, I think it's the funnest thing on the planet. But there's also another component to predator hunting. Anti-hunters will tell you that we should just let mother nature manage the wildlife. But if you look and you pay attention to history, you will see that Mother Nature does not manage on an ebb and flow system. Mother Nature manages on a boom and bust system. Now, predators need to be managed. And I honestly believe that it's our duty, it's our God-given duty to manage predators and keep them in check and keep them in balance with their prey species, whether it's bighorn sheep, 
mule deer, whitetail. We can see up in Yellowstone the effects of predators on the elk herds up there. It is our duty as hunters and sportsmen to keep predator numbers in balance and in check with their prey. Now, do we want to wipe them off the face of the earth? Absolutely not. It's my favorite thing to hunt. I want something to be there to hunt. But they need to be managed. If we just let the predator numbers run unchecked, the anti-hunters will tell you, well, they'll stay in balance. I'm here to tell you, if you let the predator runners hunt unchecked, before long there's not going to be any prey. When the predators run out of prey, the predators die off. It's the boom and bust cycle. That's not what we want. That doesn't provide the best opportunity for me or my kids or any generation to come to be able to go out and see robust herds of deer, elk, bighorn sheep, and also healthy predator populations. So I can definitely tell you, predators need to be managed. When they reintroduced wolves, or introduced wolves, depending on how you stand on that issue, into Yellowstone, one of the great biologists that was hired to watch over that said, if you're going to have wolves, you have to be able to kill wolves. When predators get out of, out of their home range and wander into livestock country and start causing trouble, you have to be able to manage them. You have to be able to manage them. Same with coyotes. I spend half my life chasing coyotes around this country. There's not a smarter animal. And I'm here to tell you, without predator management, we wouldn't have much for hunting. Your big game hunting in the, in the U.S. and in Canada, anywhere in North America, would not be what it is without predator management. Good stuff. Good stuff. Did you hear anything else that you wanted to pick at? I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't want to beat up on hunters too much, but I feel like it's, especially in the, uh, in the age we're at today where information flows almost instantaneous with social media, uh, the internet, all the things that I didn't have as a kid growing up. You know, you can take pictures on your phone that are as good a quality as anything I ever have seen with a, you know, a, a fancy expensive camera. I would hope that as hunters that we would realize that those pictures we take and post on social media, that those Facebook posts we make or our Instagram posts, they don't just reflect on us as an individual. They reflect on us as hunters. They reflect on the whole industry, on the whole hunting community. Treat hunting with the utmost respect. Treat wildlife with the utmost respect. That animal, be it a wild turkey or a coyote, a grizzly bear, a white-tailed deer, that animal has given its life so that we can go out and do the things that we love, so that we can spend that time, whether it's in the whitetail stand, whether it's in a duck or a goose blind, those animals give their lives so that we can spend time doing what we love to do, what we are obsessed with. 
We need to treat them with respect. The pitches we take, the posts we make, the way we haul them in and out of the field. Treat that animal with respect. That's a life. That's a life that God put on this planet. That's a life that He has entrusted us to manage. And the world is watching. The world is watching. Not just the hunting world, but those that don't necessarily ever have the opportunity to hunt, but those people that will have an opportunity to vote and to have a say on what's legal with hunting. They go to the ballot. They have a say on ballot initiatives. How we present our passion, our heritage, our traditions that have been passed down to us for 100 years, how we present that matters, and it has an influence on what others think of us and whether or not they believe hunting is right or wrong. I know a lot of people that don't necessarily hunt, but they support hunting because they know hunters, and those hunters have gained their respect. Don't do foolish things on social media. Don't do foolish things when you're driving your deer back into town that are going to hurt the good reputation of hunting that many have spent a hundred years trying to build. Money. My name's John Bear. I'm a hunter and a conservationist. Most people know me for my voice. Now you know me for my message. Oh, I forgot, I blew it. I blew it. What's the next line? Everyone has their own story. Everyone. Everyone has their own story. I knew I was going to hang up right there. Now I'm just one of the many. It's okay. That's all right. The second take club's also pretty small too. Yeah. Everyone has their own story. This is mine. It's in the blood. That's it. Okay. Everyone has their own story. This is mine. It's in the blood. All right. My name's John Bear. I'm a hunter and a conservationist. Most people know me for my voice. Now you know me for my message. Everyone has their own story. This is mine. It's in the blood. For you, um, you're gonna look at me whilst I'm asking the question, and everybody's gonna hear me say this. Okay. Okay. And you're gonna answer that in the battle of the camera. Word break. I haven't prepped you on these questions. You haven't heard these questions before. Okay. This is what comes to your heart. Um, short, succinct. Remember, these are going to try and be one-minute pieces that okay. we put together. Okay. All right. So they need to be one minute or be less than one minute? Uh, less than one minute. Okay. Short and succinct. Okay. Are right, you ready? Sure. Why is the Blood Origins Project important to the hunting community? 
Do you want me to say the Blood Origins Project is important because... Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, you can say that. I'm, I'll start again then. Okay. So why is, the, why is the Blood Origins Project important to the hunting community, John? I believe the Blood Origins Project is important to the hunting community because we need to tell our story. The world needs to know what makes up a hunter and why hunters are important and what is at the core of these people that we call hunters. Perfect. Thank you. John, why is it fun to hunt? Why is it fun to hunt? It's fun to hunt because we're out there matching wits with some of the most intelligent creatures ever put on the planet. Whether you're predator hunting, sheep hunting, or mule deer hunting, that animal has the advantage on you in about every way. And to go match wits with those animals, there's just nothing like it. Good deal. All right, a more complicated answer to a very simple question. Mm -hmm. And it's complicated and difficult to try and compactly, succinctly say it, your answer, okay? So John, why do you hunt? Why do you hunt, John? I hunt because it's who I am, because it's part of a hundred years of my family's tradition and heritage. I believe it puts me in touch with the world like nothing else can. And it's where I've spent the best times of my life with my family, with my friends, all my best friends and all the people that mean the most to me in this world have come to me through hunting. Good deal. Is that good? It's good enough. I mean, it, it's yours. There's it's your no, answer. There's, there's no, there's there's no, no right, right, wrong. There's no uh, wrong answer. Right. There's no, no wrong answer. Let me make sure I got my notes. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.